podcast where we explain major touchdowns in pop culture and uh, basically help you participate in conversations with your friends. And You're get so good at that. Yeah, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. I'm Tana. And today we are going to be discussing the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. Spooky. That yeah. Good. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is like our first, like, we did Stephen King, but like, this is our first, like, October. Stephen King wasn't scary. This is our first October episode. Yeah. It's like, got, the, got that fall flavor. Mm-hmm. So excited. Yes. Um, so, Legend of Sleepy Hollow is, uh, before we get into it too far, it is a short story by Washington Irving originally, but it has been adapted in multiple ways. It's been so depicted in art, it's, there are songs about it, it's kind of a staple of American literature and cultural identity, I would say. Um, so yeah, so we're going to start with um, our first exposures to Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Shannon, do you want to go first? <laughs> I think I'm the only one that... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't... You guys both talked about the Disney one, or you're about to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I... Yeah, I don't know. I remember reading Rip Van Winkle in my American Lit class, and so I'm like, did I just read more Irving? I don't know. <laughs> Was it maybe Wishbone? I, I know you watched... Wishbone one. I know you watched Wishbone growing up. I know up. about that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I have no it's just such a part of your yeah, like that Christmas like yeah. yeah, it's like headless horse. Yeah, some of these <laughs> I can't trace back. That's why yeah. I can't. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is th- maybe for the best. Like that's how. Like it's like this yeah. like kind of ethereal like legend that kind of swirls yeah. around the collective unconscious. So. It seems yeah. like such an American thing yeah. too. When you, you oh, yeah. said that, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Tana, how about you? Uh, mine was the Disney one, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yeah. Uh, the gawky, like, big-nosed Ichabod with his little braid and stuff. Um, and it gave me nightmares. So I was, I am like a, like, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe horror now. Uh, as a child, I was very terrified and impressionable. And this one was just, like, it just felt so, uh, like, creepy and, like, like Halloween-y and, and like, autumn in ways that I really love now, but as a kid, I was just, like, um, just overwhelmed. Like, it, it felt like, as a kid, uh, the sublime. Like, I was staring into this, like, deeper, vast, like, scary thing that was below the surface, <laughs> and I didn't have any words for it, but it made me feel small and overwhelmed. Yeah. So, that was my first exposure. Yeah. And it's funny, because my first exposure was also the Disney Ichabod and Mr. Toad, although the version that we had didn't have the Ichabod or sorry, the Mr. Toad bit. It was just oh. Ichabod. I um, want to know what that is. <laughs> what, Mr. Toad? Yeah. <gasps> Shannon! Talk about it. I don't know. And I loved Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland. What? It's one of my favorite That's things. That's like the worst Mr. Toad but thing I, ever. Well, sorry. I have no <laughs> idea. There's like a descent into how a Disney ride. family okay. in my family. Like, I've seen the standards mm-hmm. and beyond that, and I don't like a lot of okay. the standards. <laughs> this is a thing we should talk about sometime, yeah. But I, I have it on DVD. I'm going to let you borrow okay. it. It's based on Wind in the Willows. Yeah, it's Mr. Toad, like the Wind in the Willows thing, oh, which, okay. which you could get into because like C.S. Lewis writes a lot about like the numinous and like okay. like God figure and stuff. So there's yeah. if you can get into the story for that, you might be okay with Mr. Toad. Yeah, for sure. All anyway, right. <laughs> so growing up, we watched uh, we watched the Ichabod thing, you know, and it's my family is very musical. Like mm-hmm. my parents met through marching band in college, and my sister and my brother and my, anyway, anyway. Everybody's very musical in my family. So um, for me, when I was watching it as a child, I 
didn't like I wasn't scared by it and the reason was the music is just so like peppy and happy (laughs) 1950s you know this shine on everything right and um and it just seems so harmless when you listen to the music and that was what I primarily engaged with it through so I had very positive associations with it from childhood and I still do and actually my kids now um they love that movie so it's one of our October staples but anyway Okay, cool. So let's get into it. So for people who do not know what The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is about, Tana is going to fill us in. Yeah. So uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, it's just a, it's a short story. It's like 20 pages long or something like that. Um, I believe it was in the same anthology as uh, the Rip Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like a similar vibe. But basically it the, follows the main character protagonist, um, Ichabod Crane who uh, is this kind of lanky, scarecrowy looking dude. Um, he's a school teacher. He has come into this town, this sleepy hollow town. Um, I believe it's actually called Terrytown, named so because the women who were passing by the shops would tarry there. Um, so, but, but they call it Sleepy Hollow because it has this um, kind of quiet, sleepy, uh, dreamlike quality where, where like witchy, spooky things happen and that like, uh, legends are very much alive. Um, and so Ichabod is the school teacher. Uh, he, uh, basically, he's really charming. He doesn't seem like he would be a charming person. He, uh, he's very superstitious. He, uh, really loves, uh, Cotton Mather's, like, witchcraft books and stuff. Um, this is very, uh, interesting and kind of quirky person, but he's very good at, like, uh, being charming and, and kind of ingratiating himself with the locals. Um, he, in this area, the, the story says that school teachers uh, would, in, in, in essence, parents, in order to pay for their kid's school, wouldn't pay for the school. They would let the schoolmaster stay at their home for a week every, like they would rotate weeks or whatever. So he kind of like was this figure in the community. Uh, he's very taken with um, this this woman, her name is Ka- Katrina. I was gonna say Catherine. Mm-hmm. Katrina von Tassel. Uh, she's the daughter of the one of the farmers. Um, so he's very taken with her. He goes a courting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she has. She's also being courted by this um, big guy, Abra- Abraham uh, Van Brunt. They call him Brom Bones. Uh, he's he's a lot gruffer and stuff. Um, when Ichabod starts courting Katrina, he kind of backs off, uh, and. The, the main thing, the, the writing is so descriptive. It is like the trees and the land and the, and the bounty. And I was thinking while reading it that he's like the American Dickens. Yes. So <laughs> yes. I'm like, this could have been so five long. pages. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it was good, but when he's talking about like the food and stuff uh-huh. that he's looking at, it's like a whole page on the food and what it looks yeah. like and how it smells. Um, so he goes to this big party where there is all of this food and this wonder, wondrous bounty and stuff. Um, he is very taken with Katrina. They dance a little bit. Um, and then kind of as the evening goes on, they all settle into telling ghost stories, basically. They're all sitting around in the dark. Uh, it says faces are occasionally illuminated by the glow of a pipe being sucked. Uh, just this dark kind of uh, sleepy, spooky atmosphere. And the and one of the stories that comes up is of the headless Hessian, is what they call him. He's a German soldier that, that lost his head uh, with, from a cannonball. And um, 
Brom Bones pipes up and says, like, I was, you know, racing home one night and, like, this black steed and the headless soldier, like, started racing me and I got to the bridge and he vanished, you know, like, we were, we were racing each other and I should have won a prize, but I, I beat him, but as soon as I beat him, he vanished. Like, <laughs> this, you know, has to one-up the ghost, even. Um, <laughs> Brom's a good old bud. Um, <laughs> So uh, Ichabod lingers a little bit. So everybody starts to leave after they've told ghost stories. Ichabod lingers. Um, it, it, it implies that whatever lingering he does to talk to Katrina doesn't go super well because he's very um, annoyed when he like starts leaving. He's, his good mood is completely gone. Uh, he gets on this old rickety horse that he's borrowed and starts going home uh, and sees the, the headless, like a dark figure, the headless horseman, um, like chasing after him. He makes a bolt for the bridge, uh, the horse just like going as fast as he can. Um, and he thinks as soon as, if I can hit the bridge, I'll be okay. He hits the bridge, turns around, the horseman is still there and throws his head, the like a, he throws the, in the cartoon, it's a pumpkin, but it's actually his head in the uh, actual story. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Ichabod is knocked off of the horse uh, and vanishes. Um, like, he is never heard from again. Some people say, like, the town, the talk around the town is that uh, he felt shafted by Katrina, her, like, rejecting his advances, um, and just, like, slipped away in the dead of night because he was so embarrassed. Um, but other people, like, the legend lives on, basically, that the Headless Horseman claimed another victim. Um, it has this really great postscript, which... Um, I, the, the postscript found in the handwriting of Mr. Knickerbocker, um, basically is tell, explaining how this story was heard. This, they were dudes telling tales from school, basically. Uh, and this one guy's like, I'm not sure if I believe it. And the guy who's telling it is like, well, here are the lessons you should have learned. And the, the guy's questioning it is like, uh, I still am like not totally sure. And the guy's like, oh yeah, I don't believe half of it myself. Like I was just playing with you. So like the, the postscript is like a meta of like, these people are sitting around telling ghost stories and the like meta-ness of it is, is when you step back that this whole story of the men telling ghost stories is being told as a ghost story, essentially. Like it's this kind of like fun, yeah. twisty meta thing, but that's it. It's, it's, it is a super short, like it, I mean, it feels very long when you're, uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a version on YouTube that you can listen to and to tell those, the 20 pages, it's an hour and 30 minutes oh I think it also hints at the end that the headless horseman is not the headless horseman yeah that it Brom. was the Brom yeah yeah um, well because don't they find like his remains with a pumpkin like they, they do find a pumpkin, a pumpkin and yeah, like his hat pumpkin. and yeah. it also says that like from then on out anytime the matter of Ichabod Crane was discussed Brom had a knowing look yeah and um yeah, so they kind of hint that it was actually Brom trying to scare off Ichabod because yeah. he was making a move on his girl. Yeah, so. but, and he does, Which Brom does end up wedding uh, Katrina a yep. few, few months later. Yep. Um, so, worked I out for Personally, him. I loved that, though, because <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to read it this way, but I was like, Ichabod is the OG, like, gold digger. <laughs> I did not, yeah. I didn't like him. Like, I yeah. don't, And I it's like, in, in some interpretations Ichabod is a very lovable character uh -huh, and yeah. he is legitimately in love with Katrina but in others it's like and in the original it's very clear that he is just trying to get on Katrina's good side so he can marry her and get yeah. money all of the yeah. 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 
imagines like all of the wealth that he will have. Yeah. That's that's part of I mean like we'll I'm sure cover it more as we get into it, but like that was what was so interesting is that I've seen so many film iterations of Ichabod. I was actually shocked when I like read this and I was like, people liked him. Like <laughs> he's not like a goof. Like everybody in all of the other ones seem thinks he's like an outsider or a goof or like yeah. needs to get married or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about some of the interpretations, and there are many. Um, there, are, so I, honestly, many. I was looking at a list in preparation for this. I watched a few, but I was just looking at a list of interpretate of different interpretations that have been done on it. And I mean, just just movie and TV, so many. So many. It's like it's like 40 or 50 or something and TV has been around that long (laughs) yeah and I mean before that like I said it's been depicted in paintings and there are songs about it like Mm -hmm. it is it is very prevalent in uh, pop culture and in our American zeitgeist Um, so let's talk about some of our favorite interpretations (laughs) slash some of the most notable ones (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was going to say favorite yeah (laughs) not so sure but favorite might be a stretch Am I going? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Tim Burton's version. Let's be the uh, um, elephant in the room. I actually, I mean, I liked this in its kookiness. I, in watching this now, I was, I used to really love Tim Burton, and I'm like, mm-hmm. have I just outgrown the Tim Burton? Like, well, he started parodying himself. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's basically, there are parts of this I really liked, but I mean, it's kooky, <laughs> and it's so far off from like what the story is. But yeah, um, yeah this is from '99, so I mean, the main things. Um, without like plot summarizing things. I mean, Johnny Depp is Ichabod Crane. Um, He's not a teacher, but a constable. And where he comes from New York to Sleepy Hollow. And at the beginning, I feel like he was kind of like, um, I, you know, in this time, he wanted to start using more sophisticated ways of like nailing the person who did it, right? Like when there was a crime finding these criminals. Um, and so they kind of send him off to Sleepy Hall, like, okay, well, if you know what you're doing, then solve this one, because <laughs> all these people have been beheaded, and it's just a lot more supernatural. Um, yeah, they kind of tell at the beginning the story of it, how Christopher Walken is the guy that becomes the headless <laughs> mm-hmm. horseman, um, and yeah, all of these guys have been beheaded, but they see that what the wounds have been like cauterized yeah. is it mm-hmm. and so that they know that the sword that he used or whatever was like so hot that it yeah. <laughs> just took care of the wound while they were at it and I mean so I don't again I don't want to summarize it but the whole <laughs> the whole thing is kind of like figuring out they know the headless horseman has murdered these and it's definitely not a fake like they mm-hmm. Johnny Depp sees the headless horseman doing it and it's this like supernatural being and they go to like the tree of the dead and find that he's been uh, like they find the people without the heads but that their head isn't there their heads have been cut off but they're nowhere to be found they find this tree of the dead which has been hiding all the heads um <laughs> and kind of like chopping it's all bloody and then all the heads come spilling out and it's really gross um <laughs> i don't know tim burton something about him is it's like tarantino-esque like the way he treats violence <laughs> like yeah, yeah. um but yeah, so they're trying, they figure out that, like, the Headless Horseman isn't the one killing them, but someone's controlling him um, to figure out who it is, um, and so it's kind of Johnny Depp's job to figure out who has done it. Um, he he follows the clues and figures out that 
one of the women that was beheaded was pregnant at the time, so then they trace it back to the one who got her pregnant, and then it turns out that that guy was supposed to leave all of his money to Von Tassel, so Katrina's father, and so he thinks, oh, it must have been Von Tassel that did it because he wanted all these people killed off in order to maintain the inheritance. Um, they suspect, he even suspects Katrina doing it for a bit, and it's Christina Ricci, and she's kind of great in that, though. Like, I don't know, really innocent looking and creepy, but um, she's like a witch in it, and so they think, oh, maybe she's the one that's been doing it, but it turns out that it's her stepmother, who's married to Von Tassel, Miranda Richardson, because, like, when she was young, she... Um, they like threw her family out into the woods and she had to live there. And am I getting this all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm making things up. So <laughs> um, so they threw her out into the woods and she, that's when they killed the man who became the headless horseman. And at that point she, they got thrown out because her family was doing witchcraft and stuff. And so she had like made this pact or something with them that like, that packed with the devil, I guess, that he would, like, do her bidding and get revenge on all of the people. So she went and, like, became the Mrs. Von Tassel, but um, in order to maintain the inheritance, and she had to, like, kill them all off, and mm-hmm. she kills off her husband, and who's a uh, Dumbledore, right? Yeah, my Gambit. <laughs> I was shocked when I watched it. Right? I, I went into it knowing so a little different. about the movie. I was like, it's Michael Gambit! <laughs> and I was also, so I didn't, I put this together till afterward, but because the guy who plays the doctor in Sleepy Hollow, I was like, who is that? He looks so familiar. It's Palpatine. It's Palpatine. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Let me just confirm that. I might just be making things up. Anyway. So there's more to it than that. Like, he has a cute kid that his father was one of the ones beheaded, so he kind of, like, helps him along. And um, I don't know. I did like that this Ichabod was... um, He kind of believes in, like, the science, right, and the logic. And so at first he's, like, not buying into these stories they're telling him. And it's, no, there's a real guy that's killing him, not the horseman. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, it's the horseman. (laughs) Such an interesting, like... That that is like the thing that the, the biggest split that happens Absolutely, in the adaptations because yeah. it happens in that one and also in the I feel like the one that you're gonna talk about the Jeff Goldblum like TV one where it is like it's not he's not he's not uh, like imagining it right it it's that he doesn't believe in it like he's not yeah. um, mm-hmm. what is the word that I can't superstitious he's yes. skeptical yeah so. I don't know if I have more to say on that. I was gonna say skip through like a bunch of things, but yeah, it's really bloody and in a kooky way. But I was right. That's that's Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, that's okay. crazy. <laughs> uh, anyway, but anyway, it's kind of a fun time, a little bit. But I think Tan and I both have issues with John Depp. Yeah, so yeah. that's uh, I troubling. Too. Okay, according to we all have issues yeah. with Johnny yeah. Depp. Yeah. <laughs> And Jonathan Deppold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyhow. Um, but that was... Very one, interesting, but different. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I find interesting about that particular adaptation is it incorporates the use of, like, magic, and it takes some liberties with some of the characters um, and, like, gives them more. Like, Katrina is, you know, like a, a white witch-type figure in that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whereas in the original story, she's just kind of this very passive 
girl character, you know? I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> Always a bit more active female characters. Yeah, for sure. They did have two, I mean, I forgot about the part where Ichabod is more, like, tied into it because he's, like, his mom was practicing witchcraft and got killed, and he has these, like, scars on his hands where he, yeah. I don't know, he's, like, um, he's forgotten all of this, like, tried to keep himself from the pain and whatnot, but... His mom got killed with a torture device and he touched one so he has those scars on his hands anyway yeah. they try to like tie him more into <laughs> the witchcraft and sleepy whatnot. sleepy hollow i think we said this already but i feel like tim burton has started parodying himself and i found that the <laughs> most obvious in that scene with uh with the flashback scene with his mom because his dad is like this reverend and i was like okay first of all tim burton has some major father issues <laughs> um, second of all i was i kept comparing it to willy wonka um, like charlie and the chocolate factory because yeah. the church is all white and very sterile yeah. and then like the dentist like the yeah. dentist yeah like willy wonka's father and i was like okay so Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is fish, it, man. You're right. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. I was I like, I, I found it very before. refreshing to watch yeah. this and see like the same ideas that I've seen in other Tim Burton works, like that weren't good, and see them actually done well, and be like, oh, okay. So yeah, he basically is just literally parroting himself. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I feel like kind as far speaky. as yeah. yeah, as far as the Tim Burton movies I've seen, it's up there for me. But yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's move on. Tamara. <laughs> Sweep that one under the rug. All right, next. <laughs> um, so I, I'm doing the Disney version, the one that I, like, mentioned, right? That was mm -hmm. the one we're yeah. doing next. <laughs> um, so it's actually pretty close to the original. It's a short, like, it's, it, like, like we said, it's um, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, so it's, like, a two-part thing. Um, neither is, like, a full-length feature. It's just, like, little stories or whatever. So this is, it's, it's very, very short. Um, uh, it basically covers the exact same thing, but it tones it down a little bit for kids. I was still terrified of it as a child, but, like... <laughs> It's definitely a lot more toned down in that, like, so in this plot line is exactly the same. Uh, like Courtney was saying, there's a lot of really fun, upbeat music. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a Bing Crosby uh, song in it and stuff. No, Bing Crosby is, like, the narrator and, like, the main singer. Oh, I mean, also. I didn't realize that he yeah, narrated the he's whole like, thing. He's, like, the dude yeah. with, like, some backup singers. Yeah. <laughs> I watched some of the songs, though, and they're, like, Ichabod Crane. Yeah. Whatever the like, beginning. Very, like, what the like, heck is happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And Katrina looks exactly like Cinderella, which uh, yeah, is also yeah. strange. Yeah. There are actually a lot of, of the characters, I feel like, that get reused, or iterations mm -hmm. of them get reused mm -hmm. in Disney. Like the, um, oh, yeah, they recycle animation all the time. The the plump girl that um, Brom keeps trying to like switch with Katrina while they're dancing in the like barn mm -hmm. scene or whatever. Like I, I swear she has been in something else. I don't <laughs> that remember. That Madeline? It might be. Yeah, yeah, the same. That was what yes, I was imagining. The same, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Brom was like repurposed as well into like later animations, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's basically the exact same story. Um, Ichabod falls for the Katrina. They go to a dance. They tell the like Brom tells the ghost story, and on, uh, he also notices that like Ichabod is a superstitious person. Like he's throwing salt over his shoulder when it spills and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ichabod goes on his way home. Um, the the ghost 
appears, the ghost, quote, I'm using air quotes, you can't see it. <laughs> the ghost appears, um, again, heavily implied that it is Brahm. Uh, in this one, so in the in the uh, like book version or whatever the text version, it's a lot more ambiguous. Where it's like it might have been Brom, but like when Ichabod is running, like is riding away from the horse, he like sees a like a decapitated human head being thrown at him rather than the pumpkin, which it turns out to be the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, it's just like a flaming pumpkin the whole time. Like yeah. it's it's not. These are children. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> they don't throw an actual decapitated human head, but. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, fun fact was Bing Crosby's only collaboration with Disney, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's I, I guess that like there's like lots of Disney lore that happened around it, like the original like the the I guess Disney has like nine main animators that the like nine the nine old men of Disney is what it's called, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all worked on it and stuff. So oh, lots yeah. of fun, fun little like Disney background on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's it's cute now as a child it was terrifying <laughs> yeah Wait, yeah so this this bit doesn't include mr toad though correct okay so it, it, the first that's part, where i was confused oh so sorry yeah <laughs> so the wind and the willows like mr toad yeah. is like the first part and then it ends and then this is the second part and yeah. like so this, him and it's but separate. they don't bring it right, right, right. back or anything yeah. yeah oh okay it's I just like they, they just put them both on the same thing and said that, like okay. this yeah. makes sense. They have like a shot sure, of a library and they're like taking out a book and opening it up and yeah. it's one of the bills and it's narrated by Basil Rathbone. Okay. And um and then it ends and then Bing Crosby's like, Well, you know, over here in the colonies we've got our own story yeah. <laughs> book, right? Um so just and then American folklore. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, where does a frog show up in the story? <laughs> like waiting for it. <laughs> no amphibians. Yeah, but yeah, I find I find the Disney version delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I watched for the so in preparation for this, I was trying to figure out which versions of Sleepy Hollow I was gonna watch because I've watched the Disney one a lot of times. I watched Sleepy Hollow, the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton one, um, for the first time last night. And then I was like, I want to watch another one. And I know that I am averse to horror movies. I'm a wuss. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep right after watching Sleepy Hollow. So I need to watch something <laughs> else to lighten the mood before uh-huh. I go to bed. And I decided on this made-for-TV version that stars Jekyll Bloom. <laughs> and it was, it was lovely, can I just say. <laughs> So, so campy and weird and strange. <laughs> but, I don't know. It was like, so, the Goldblum version is, uh, it's like a full two hours long with commercials. You can find it on YouTube. I will include the link. Um, the By the way, the commercials yeah. are amazing. Right? They are all, they are like, I love old commercials. Yeah, they're like 1980s old commercials and they're all like Halloween themed and stuff. <laughs> so like there's a scarecrow in one yeah. and like kids going trick-or-treating in another. It's yep. great. Sorry, continue on with the plot. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Worth it just for that. Um, so, I, <laughs> I, it starts off with Ichabod is coming into Sleepy Hollow. He's walking and it's all snowy and... Um, he's being chased by some dogs, and he like they tree him basically. And <laughs> and Brombones and his sidekick buddy come up, and Brombones is played by Dick Butkus. It's <laughs> so great, and he's all interested in Katrina. And I was just sitting there going, they are not even close to the same age. Like he, he's like <laughs> he's a fifty-year-old man, huh? Who plays Katrina? Oh, I forget. I it's forget. 
Someone younger. Someone younger. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... And this one was interesting because Jeff Goldblum, like you said, he's very skeptical of, mm-hmm. of all the superstition. And they're like, oh yeah, the schoolhouse is built on an old Indian burial ground. And there are all these ghosts. And they have like... Jeff Goldblum's like, why does the schoolroom smell like garlic? Like, it smells so bad in here. I'm destroying this. And it's like this medicine bag that somebody the gave. The devil bag. The devil bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they call it. And um, so he destroys it. And then, like, the ghost of the last school teacher who was supposedly, like, driven mad and, like, chased down by the headless horseman. He, like, comes in and he... <laughs> the first time we see him, he gives this, like, maniacal laugh. And I'm just like... <laughs> this is so corny. Um... <laughs> But yeah, and then, oh, the other thing that I was just, like, floored by. So the guy who, like, runs the, or owns the schoolhouse or whatever, um, he picks up Ichabod Crane and he goes, are you married? And he goes, no. And he goes, nothing better for a bachelor than to marry a widow woman. And yeah. he starts, like, pitching the idea of, like, you should marry a widow woman. And yeah. then come to find out his daughter is a widow woman. Yeah. And he's trying to hook them up. And it's very awkward. But the daughter is also really interested in Brom Bones. And Brom Bones is really interested in her. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. I believe you. (laughs) From looking at me. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's basically what you would expect of a made-for-TV movie starring Jeff Goldblum and Dick Exactly. Which is kind of a shame because, like, um, Jeff Goldblum looks exactly like Ichabod Crane yes. is described in the original story. <laughs> but he's also Jeff Goldblum, so yeah. <laughs> mixed bag there. But yeah, it's I don't think I really have much more to say. It's just very <laughs> campy and corny and I found it delightful. It actually was the perfect like thing to end my night on before mm-hmm. going to bed after <laughs> watching Sleepy Hollow. So yeah. Oh man. Um and then we also wanted to talk about the show of Sleepy Hollow. I yeah. mainly just want to know <laughs> from seeing previews of it how it relates <laughs> to this actual yeah. story because I feel like yeah. it's in in my book it was like twenty eight pages of a story yeah. and that's it. So how do you get how long has it been going? Is it still going? Yeah. It's a lot of seasons. It is not still going. It was a lot of seasons. Three or four. <laughs> it like it was longer than it should have been. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, I started watching it when it first came on because I was intrigued by it. It also came on like early October, and I was in the Halloween mood, and I was like, "Yeah, let's get into mm-hmm. this." Mm-hmm. And then once I hit like mid November, I was like, "Why am I still watching?" This? <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, the show it starts. Uh, it's set in modern day. And basically what it is is Ichabod is a, um, he's like an aide to General Washington during the Revolutionary War. And there's this soldier who is really intimidating and scary and the Hessian, basically. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, we're using this word Hessian. That is a word for a German soldier that was hired by the British Army during the Revolutionary War to fight against the Americans. Um, So he's like kind of like this berserker type person where he's unstoppable and he's a killing machine and everybody is scared of him and so Ichabod and he like meet in battle and Ichabod is able to cut off his head and kill him and he's buried um but then Ichabod also dies but Katrina turns out is part of like a Wiccan community and so she's a witch and they cast some sort of spell on Ichabod so that he'll come back when 
because they know that the it turns out the Hessian is actually one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So they know that he's going to come back and try to raise the other horsemen. And so they basically like make Ichabod their protector. And so after he dies, they cast the spell on him so that he'll come back when the horseman comes oh. back. Oh. And so then he comes back in modern times and there's um, there's a female police officer who... Um, and there's all this like superstitious-y, you know, freaky spiritualistic stuff going on in the community and it's driven her and her sister apart and they're like they've had this really traumatic childhood because of it i cannot remember the details because it's been such a long time but um (laughs) basically ichabod comes back and nobody believes that he's actually like from the revolutionary period and Mm -hmm. um because of various things she's convinced and they're out to find the horseman because he's come back and destroy him and that's as far as i got so. Is there kind of a thing between the two, like every procedural on TV, <laughs> like Ichabod and the police not, officer? Not as far as I watched, okay. no. Hmm. It was pretty platonic, because he's still like in love with Katrina. Huh. And they, hint, right. they hinted at Katrina also coming back, maybe? But huh. I don't know if she ever actually did, because again, I got like... <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for the setup. <laughs> You're welcome. That's basically... That's interesting, because I kept seeing it. I'm like, this is modern day, but yeah. it says it's Ichabod. So did they just like move the whole thing, but they yeah. like kept the story intact and just yeah. brought it to... That's interesting. And honestly, it was an interesting concept. The reason that I ended up bailing on the show ultimately was it got very stale very fast. Um, the guy who plays Ichabod kind of, I don't know. It was always like the same setup in every episode. Like, I'm actually way older than you think I am, you know? And he had a very, like, antiquated way of talking, but it got annoying very quickly. It sounds like so. a mini-series, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. how you draw that out that long with yeah. that plot line. And, so they, and they did crossovers with, like, Bones and stuff, and I was just oh. like, oh, come on. Because I like Bones a lot. I, I mean, that got very... Huh. Very uh, stale as well, but I still loved it. Fascinating. Thanks anyway. for indulging me. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me while I talk about things I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, anything else we want to talk? Or we want to talk about like Legend of Sleepy Hollow as cultural impact. Yeah, cultural yeah. impact. Um, so yeah, I think that Washington Irving, between Rip Van Winkle and Legend of Sleepy Hollow, he is. Like the OG American folklore writer, absolutely. Would yeah. You say, um, yeah. I think that Legend of Sleepy Hollow has, um, is, I mean, it's been a big influence on American horror, I would say, and uh, to an extent, cultural identity. But what what do you, what do you guys think, like specifically? I think that that's like a big part of. I mean, like. I'm pretty sure that there's like a New York high school that is like yeah. their mascot is like the headless horseman. Or really? Whatever. Yeah, it's the Sleepy Hollow headless I horseman. I want to go there. Yeah, because <laughs> so there's an actual town in New York called Terrytown, mm-hmm. and it got bigger and bigger, and so it actually split into there was a town called North Terrytown, and mm-hmm. they changed their name officially to Sleepy Hollow. Oh. So, but yeah. Anyway, I, I oh. feel like like though that kind of thing like this is a lot of what roots like. New England, um, like Mm -hmm. horror, like this is, this is, (laughs) there is, um, it is a very overly descriptive, uh, short story. There are a lot of words, but (laughs) a lot of it goes into crafting this idea of this kind of like, 
like fall crisp like apples like the description evokes a lot of um the the things that that are used again and again in mm-hmm. halloween movies like mm-hmm. the the falling leaves and like the the apples and stuff like even in the kids movies or whatever that you can evoke a very haunting feeling by drawing on just the like location and atmosphere that he set up you don't even have to reference the headless horseman or ichabod crane you can draw on that like there is a spookiness there's kind of a latent witchiness like dreamlike quality to things that happen in october Mm -hmm. and like specifically in october new england uh yeah absolutely i um i went to salem massachusetts recently (laughs) to the salem museum have you guys been there no i won't tell you you can experience that for yourselves (laughs) one day it's a trip um but yeah i thought about this i I feel like this actual short story doesn't touch on witchcraft as much as like other versions of this story, like mm-hmm. this Tim Burton one and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's especially during this time, like Salem witch trials yeah. were. Pre- I'm mm-hmm. assuming predates this story, but like witchcraft and people were afraid of that yeah. <laughs> big mm-hmm. time, and so it's kind of reminiscent of. I don't know, nowadays it's like zombies, or I feel like we don't get afraid by that as much, but Mm -hmm. it's just really um, typical of that time, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, with Sleepy, or Legend of Sleepy Hollow, it's kind of this horror, horrific, monster-ish kind of figure, but it's very rooted in the surroundings and the land Mm -hmm. itself, and um, I find that I think that's part of why it's so timeless. It's like this spooky, menacing thing that is tied to home, you mm-hmm. know, which is a positive yeah. thing. And it's it's tied to, like, harvest and bounty and mm-hmm. all of these good things, but there's also this kind of menacing. And I think that... So I love... Around Halloween every year, I read um, The Halloween Tree, which is by... <laughs> uh, why am I blanking on this? <laughs> Guy who wrote Fahrenheit... Uh, Ray, Ray Bradbury. Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. Yes. Oh my gosh, I have a Ray Bradbury Halloween tradition too. I read. Yeah. I read the um the something wicked this way comes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, book. I know I want one. <laughs> but yeah, the Halloween tree is like a, a kids book. It's mm-hmm. very short, but it's supposed to be all about like the roots of Halloween in mm-hmm. different cultures and traditions, like dating back to the ancient Egyptians and how it's all about like the death of the world and the death of the sun and. Um, and the eventual rebirth, but in the meantime, it's like this very spooky, will the sun rise again mm-hmm. type thing. Um, and it, it talks about like Sam Hain and like, and how that's linked to the harvest. And yeah. um, I, I feel mm-hmm. like Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a great continuation of that long standing tradition of, you know, like celebrating the, the turning of the seasons and the, the death of that takes place in the world. Yeah. Every fall. But anyway. It's really good meta horror as yes. well. Like this is like the the, the the oldest one that I know of that is like it is like commenting on and observing like in the story and in the like larger like postscript yeah. and stuff too mm-hmm. being like yeah there are okay I, I'm going to preface this. So um I went to Iceland a few years ago and in Iceland they believe a lot in fairies and and elves and things like that like that's a very real part of it and we went on a tour and a lot of what the tour guide was telling us were these stories and somebody like raised their hand and they were like do you actually believe in this 
Um, and he was like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you tell the story and it serves a purpose and it doesn't matter if it's real or not. Like it does something. And that's what it feels like. This is like pointing out is that like, maybe it was real. Like maybe Ichabod did get taken and maybe it was Brom. Like it very likely was Brom, but like Mm -hmm. you can use a story and you can use a horror story to scare people into doing things. You can (laughs) use the narrative of horror to exact a certain end Mm -hmm. on things and I think that that's like such an interesting like for this tiny little short story that happened in like the late (laughs) 1800s or whatever like written in the late 1800s being that that meta about it I think is pretty cool it's also pretty meta because it also hints on the tradition of oral storytelling Uh and um how like this story about Ichabod in reality if it did happen ever was probably just, you know, he probably slunk off in the night or something, or uh-huh. Bones played a prank mm-hmm. on him, but it has grown and grown and grown through oral storytelling to be this legend that yeah. is now passed on even more permanently through Washington Irving's retelling. Yeah. But yeah. Which yeah. is why it's so cool that, like, yeah, you don't now have I'm the, like, you don't I have like the that story, now that I that, like, can't remember anything. <laughs> you're just, like, part of it. Like, it's part of this thing right. that's gotten passed on, you know, that came from the Dullahan or whatever, from Celtic lore, and, like, mm-hmm. it's just it, it continues to exist and will continue to exist yeah. for yeah, I'm thinking it's kind of the same with Rip Van Winkle mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can think of the first time but it just comes up yeah it's yeah part of the American tradition yeah for sure cool well we are really okay. excited to be, <laughs> off, uh, to be kicking off our October here um tune in next week when we will be discussing we'll be having a fright night type Ooh. event where we talk about zombies oh, yay <laughs> and if you have we should maybe get participation going if yes. you have a favorite version of sleepy hollow maybe visit our facebook page or yes. something <laughs> <laughs> let us know if we chose the right ones if we chose terribly yes oh also i forgot to pitch this on the last episode but our website is now live so yay. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably on our website, yeah. popculture-footnotes.com. Yeah. Pop um, but also you should follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, we also have an email account set up, so popculturefootnotes at gmail.com. If you have suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on the show, then uh, hit us up on any of those uh, mediums, and mm-hmm. we, will, we will try to work it in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, until next time, we will... We will see you then. Bye. 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 B